In October of 2021, a crowd gathered outside the Hollywood headquarters of Netflix. They held up signs saying, hate isn't funny, and black trans lives are not a joke. There were speeches and TV cameras capturing the event. Most of the people here are against Dave Chappelle's new special on Netflix. Those protesting Netflix's decision to release it say it ridicules transgender people. They say this is part of harmful content that negatively impacts vulnerable communities and is unethical entertainment. There were some in attendance arguing for free speech and that Dave Chappelle is just a comedian doing his job. But they seemed outnumbered by the protesters, many of whom worked for Netflix. Tara Fields was one of them. My team showed up to the walkout, and that was actually, for me, that was a big moment of like, oh, okay, good, they get it. Because I was on a team that was mostly cis white dude, like a big chunk of the company is, and I wasn't sure what this looked like to them, because I, you know, this isn't their day-to-day -day life. We want you to know that we're watching closely, and that we are going to make sure that any weapon of retaliation formed against you won't prosper. In the workplace developed over the last 10 years or so, organizations seem to want employees to feel connected to the company, to feel like it was a part of who they were, to be proud of where they worked. And now the question becomes, how do you work for an organization that doesn't align with your own values and morals? This is Know What You See. I'm Brian Lowry, professor at the Stanford Graduate School of Business. And this season, we'll talk specifically about the shifting world of work who and what shapes these changes at work, and what they mean for you. Until late last year, Tara Field was a senior software engineer at Netflix and vice president of the Trans Star ERG at the company. Give us a setup, like what happened and where do things stand now? When I joined, I requested to speak with members of the trans ERG because I'm I'm a trans woman and I came out at my previous job and I transitioned at my previous job and I had every intention of being out and active in the community at my new job because one of the things when I was doing that process of finding a new job was making sure that that there were active trans employees at whatever company I ended up at. They had you know policies in place for insurance and name changes and all the things that trans people need to just be able to live their life. And so I was active with the ERG immediately. Then Sticks and Stones came out, the Dave Chappelle special prior to the closer. There was some, what we felt was really harmful content for trans people and for other folks too, but in particular for trans people. And so we started an internal dialogue. Um, how much freedom should there be around content? How much responsibility should there be around content? Because that's been Netflix's big cultural thing was freedom and responsibility. And it felt like that didn't necessarily apply to the content that we put out, even though it applied to employees in other capacities. And so we had that conversation and we had conversations with leadership and with folks in the content organization. And we didn't want to have like veto power or anything else. We just wanted to be able to say, hey, if you're putting out content that directly affects our community, at the very least, come to us and, and talk to us about how the community is going to receive this content, right? Let us give you a heads up on how this is going to hit in the queer community and the trans community. You know, we had had some successes in terms of going through content with folks and working on things like the Babysitter's Club and a couple other pieces where there was trans-related content. And 
we felt like we had really uh, kind of hit our stride with that and we were really making good contributions. And then the closer dropped with almost no notice to us. And it had even more transphobic content than the previous one. I got mad on Twitter, which is something that I sometimes do. (laughs) And I was eventually suspended for attending a meeting that I wasn't supposed to attend. Even though it was later found out that I was supposed to attend it, I was invited to the meeting by a director and we organized a walkout. After we organized the walkout, B was let go from Netflix for supposedly leaking information. B Pagel's minor, another former Netflix employee, was fired for allegedly leaking confidential information on the Chappelle special, which they denied doing. That's when we really went into overdrive in in terms of getting the walkout organized, getting it in both Los Angeles and Los Gatos, and really started trying to get the word out about this because, you know, if we were quiet and we tried to do it the, you know, the company's way, the situation, if it was dealt with at all, would just kind of be brushed aside. Netflix just released a statement saying that we value our transgender colleagues. We recognize that we have more work to do within Netflix and within the company, and we respect all of our employees' decision to walk out. So I'm just wondering how you think about what the employer's responsibility is, and how do you think about employee rights in those situations? There definitely are multiple angles to which if you're releasing content about native population, if you're releasing content about Hispanic folks, about Black folks. In all of those cases, I I think there are multiple reasons for you to engage with that community before you release the content, especially if that community doesn't have a strong voice in the creation of the content in question, right? Mm -hmm. If you have content that you suspect that your trans employees in this case are going to have a problem with, giving them a heads up means that they have a little bit of time to digest it before it hits the public, right? We found out about the closer the same time everybody else found out about the closer. If I had watched the closer a week before I did, I would still have been pretty angry, but that anger would have been a lot less fresh. Mm. Having it be a conversation helps with both framing how the community is going to react to things with looking at something and saying, hey, maybe we can make like a small edit here or there, and this would be dramatically less impactful. And it also, we have to live within these communities. We try to recruit people for the company within these communities. We have to just exist within these communities. And it doesn't feel good when you say where you work and you know that there's a decent chance that in a group of your peers within your community, somebody's going to be like, what are you doing there? But the community... Uh, outside, the trans community outside, their response would have been the same because they would have, I mean, they would have just been seen it when it came out. There would have been no, I mean, <laughs> it in real time, obviously. I guess I wonder how you would have felt about that, right? Because you would have been still been in the situation where people in the trans community would have, I assume, been really upset as they were because nothing would have been different from their perspective. And you would have still been like, yeah, I work there. You're almost always going to have to compromise on some of this stuff, right? And that's really tough. I don't necessarily want to put a stamp of approval on everything, whatever, whoever my employer is, does. At the same time, if none of us are in the room, then our voice isn't in there at all. When Sticks and Stones came out, that kind of was how 
a lot of us felt because we were having these conversations and we were very honest with people saying like, yeah, it sucks to work here right now, but I feel like it's worse if there's none of us here. And that's a really hard place to be in. How do you think about your loyalty to the organization relative to your loyalty or commitment to the community you exist in outside of that organization? Personally, I am in a very privileged position here. I am an engineer working in the Bay Area. And at the end of the day, I'm a white woman. There's a certain amount of honestly live to fight another day, right? If you aren't somebody who can afford to do this, then, you know, absolutely. Like, should you be out there like full-throated supporting the company? Like, no, I would probably take a sick day that day. But I definitely understand not going, you know, toe to toe with the company in public if you're in a position like that because you just don't have that position you know i said i talked with my family and i talked with my friends i said like i think we have to push on this because i think it's the right thing to do but it's not easy and it's not something that everybody has the power to do and i i don't want to be the token trans person i don't want to be somebody's ooh we're we're so diverse checkbox right but at the same time like there's a certain amount of having to put your mask on before you help other people, right? Like you have to be in a position where you're able to withstand that because if you just end up martyring yourself, well, then there's nowhere else, nobody else to do the fight. Um, I think you're suggesting that we all live in the belly of the beast to some extent, that capitalism is such that you cannot avoid being involved in what we would consider unethical production or unethical consumption. It's just that we're all a part of the system. But I wonder, how do you think about not losing yourself in that how do you continue to work in that context and not lose your sense of self certainly a big part of it is find community find community within the company make sure that you have community outside the company have something to ground yourself right like the only way to recharge your batteries after doing that is to go back to your community and just be with somebody else who gets it it is really hard and when it when it comes to you know i i hesitate to use the word activism because like i never intended to be an activist and as far as i'm concerned being a, a trans activist is just speaking out when somebody treats you like crap <laughs> and that's not a business i intended to get into or something because it's very different from like oh i stared at a computer all day and i wrote code all day yeah sure that's tiring but it's tiring in a very different way and i think it's just really important to ground yourself in your community and to have your community to recharge because without that it would be really easy to get lost um you transitioned at your previous job and you came into netflix and was it sounds like you were immediately engaged with the trans erg and so what and some of what you all worked on was like what you said just the basics of um, what you need to live your life as a trans person um, how do you think about what the corporation's responsibility is to different communities of employees? So how, how would you define in your mind what the corporation should be responsible for? It's tough, right? Because so much of, especially specifically in America, like our healthcare is tied to our employer. And when it comes, especially to trans people, like that means that your employer has a wildly disproportionate voice in your day-to-day -day life. Are you going to be able to get gender-affirming surgeries? Largely, it's in this country, that is largely up to, you know, is your employer willing to pay extra money on their healthcare plan to not opt out of those particular coverages, right? And so onus is on the employer to 
want to attract diverse talents. So Starbucks is, you know, if you feel like there might be a disproportionate number of trans baristas, that's why. Because Starbucks has some of the best retail healthcare coverage for gender affirming care. When it comes to the responsibility of the company, I wish the that there was no responsibility for the company in this. I wish it was, you know, you go and you get your paycheck and you come home and what doctor you go to has no relation to what company you work at. But the system we have is such that if you're a trans person and you want to work somewhere, you have to have that conversation about what does your insurance cover and what is it not? What exclusions are there? So if it's a platform of some kind, if it's a social platform, if it's a media company, I think that company somewhat has a responsibility, but also just has a, should have a desire to make sure that the company itself reflects what their audience looks like. If you don't have a diverse set of voices and you're trying to produce content for a diverse set of communities, that content's going to fall flat. Should corporations speak out on social issues? In your situation, there was a, a big uh, response to the Dave Chappelle um, special. Some organizations outside of Netflix responded. And you have the same thing with things like George Floyd's murder. There are a lot of organizations putting out statements. Do you think they should speak out? It's it's a complicated set of thoughts, right? I think there is a certain amount of responsibility, assuming you want to be a place where people from marginalized groups want to work, right? I also think on some level, like I would love to think that part of a C-suite's uh, responsibility would be to make sure that a company is operating ethically within its space. The order issued by the governor in Texas labeling parents of trans kids as child abusers. And in addition to the court shutting that down, you know, you need to have organizations that say like, hey, if my trans employees in Texas aren't going to be safe, then I'm not doing business in the state of Texas. And I do think that there is some level of responsibility there because nobody else is going to be able to stand up for your employees that are in that situation. And so if you're just blind to it, then, you know, those people are going to have to go somewhere else and maybe they're going to have to work for another company because they can no longer work at your office in Austin or whatever. So like the employees might have to leave because they're uncomfortable or don't feel safe in particular places. And in response to things that organizations do, there's a bar that, that I think is a, an individual choice about how much you're willing to tolerate before you decide that you have to exit the organization, right? And on the other side for the corporation, presumably there's a bar from them. How much are they willing to accept in terms of employee activism before they say this is crossing a line and it's not productive for you to be an employee here? So I'm just curious how you think about that line. You know, I can see where, you know, obviously the corporation has its point of view and there's a certain point where yeah, they're paying the person to do a thing. And if the person can't do that thing because of other issues, but personally, I really liked my job. I, I was on a great team at Netflix, you know, with a bunch of engineers that had the same sense of humor that I had and everything else. And it was great. And I really enjoyed it. And there was a certain amount of guilt there of like, am I being whiny? Am I just being entitled? You know, and I an entitled tech employee who should just keep quiet and take her Silicon Valley salary and just do the thing that she's paid for. But at some point, like, I just couldn't stomach it. And I think everybody's bar for that is going to be 
going to be different. But when it comes to the organization, like I think that healthy organizations should look for dissent. I also think that if if organizations are operating in what I would consider a healthy way, then these conversations will happen in a way where it doesn't have to spill out onto Twitter, onto into the media, into whatever. And you know, hopefully people will be empathetic and they'll hear each other's point of views and you won't reach that breaking point. Unfortunately, in my case, we did reach that breaking point. We reached a point where I could no longer contain my frustration at the situation. Didn't really have a choice but to fight for what I thought was right. Tara tweeted a link to her resignation letter. In it, she thanked the team she worked with, saying the work will continue, and that, quote, each one of you helps move the company closer to what we know it can and should be. The expectations of corporate America are certainly changing. Today, people expect organizations to be a part of addressing major societal issues. The question is, how far should this go? So ask Tara what role actions like hers should play in trying to change companies from the inside out. One of the ways they will definitely change is through employee activism. That was one of the most frustrating things for me when we were having this conversation with the company. The way that we tried to pitch it was like, hey, we're just giving you like what 10 years down the road is going to look like, right? This content is going to age horribly. It's going to look, you know, nobody is out there talking about what a great film Ace Ventura is now because it was incredibly transphobic. And Brooklyn Nine-Nine had a joke about how horribly transphobic Ace Ventura was. Yeah, I think employee activism is really important, but honestly, the Zoomers are like all of my hope because I look at these kids and next generation of kids is out there, like they know their pronouns. They are you know, articulating their gender identity and sexuality when I was still like a kid, you know, on the nascent internet trying to figure out what the hell was wrong with me. And they're like, no, I know exactly who I am. I have access to all of these resources. And that's the generation of people that are going to need to be employed soon. And they've made very clear that they're not going to work at companies where they get treated like second-class citizens. We were all told growing up, like, America is about freedom and here are all the rights you get and everything else, as long as everybody looks like you. And I think everybody else was taught that, but I think at a certain point we were like, we kind of woke up and we're like, wait a second, like you spent 20 years feeding me that shit. And then I get out and I find out that no, it's not true. Like you, you pay the people I went to school with less, you pay people who look different from me less. You, even if it's not the same problem, even if they're not seeing the same issues, I look at other people and my assumption when I see somebody who I don't know is, okay, this person is probably also just trying to survive and just trying to thrive in whatever environment they were given. And I think if more people thought like that, maybe we wouldn't be so scared of each other and maybe we wouldn't have to have these, these fights about just being ourselves. The current reality that people seem increasingly willing to protest their employers, not just in response to worker treatment, but also to the perceived societal outcomes of the company's business decisions. This seems to me an important shift in the traditional relationship between employer and employee. As we look to the future, what role will or should rank and file employees play 
and shaping the behavior of their organization. Know What You See is produced by PRX in collaboration with the Stanford Graduate School of Business. Our production team is Jocelyn Gonzalez, Amy Chan, and Jonathan Cabral from PRX Productions. Executive producer from the Stanford Graduate School of Business is Bernadette Clavier with content production by Katie Wallace. For more about me or the show, go to knowwhatyousee.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.